pressure of our parents, it's like at the end of it is you have a good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's their focal so, point. Yeah. So you take care of your fucking self. Yeah, <laughs> like you yeah. I don't want to. You can, yeah, like just take care of yourself. <laughs> so then your mom. Hi, welcome to the Was College Worth It. Redo, right off the bat. Hi, welcome to the Was College Worth It podcast, where we have our guests reflect on the value they did and didn't get from their college experience. I'm your host, Amir, and just to get the legal stuff out of the way, I do work at a company at the time of this recording, and the views that I express here are mine and mine alone, and not the views of the company I work for. Today, my guest is Hussein Albayadi. He has a degree in architecture from Portland State University. He's the number one best-selling author of The Art of Resilience, The Refugee State of Mind, where he recounts his experience of surviving the 1990 Gulf War and living in a refugee camp before coming to America and building his life. He's the founder of Refugees, where he sells graphic tees and merch used to expand awareness while donating much-needed items to local and international refugees. He has a YouTube channel linked in the description below. Hussein? Thank you so much for being here today with me. Yeah, man, absolutely. This is great. Congratulations on your show. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to be here and uh, excited to just share experiences and stories. Awesome. Okay. I, I, I want to start off by saying I absolutely loved your book. I was so encapsulated by it. Man. My parents had to urgently leave their home country of sure. Iran as well. Yeah. And they're they're awfully quiet about the details of their experience. Of so. <laughs> Could you just give me what happened, yeah. how it all played out? Yeah, so I was actually about five years old. It was 1990. The yeah. Gulf War had just broken out. Um, you know, that whole situation with Kuwait, Iraq, the U.S., and allied forces. Um, again, I was very young. Um, but up to that point, like, we just had, like, a normal uh, life, I guess. You know, my, my dad did his thing. He worked for the local government. He, he paved streets, basically. Um, he was a manager for a while. Um, but he was also an artist. Um, so at night, this is what he did. He just poured himself into art, poetry, all those kinds of things. So anyway, un the unfortunate events led to us having to leave Iraq. And we ended up being uh, refugees in Saudi Arabia. Our, we thought it was going to be like, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. Uh, because we thought, you know, they were going to get rid of Saddam. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that turned into four years of living in a desert refugee camp, um, which was more like a prison. And, um, you know, at the time, this is 19, this is early 90s, man. There's hardly any communication, right? Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a brutal experience, man. I mean, again, I was young, so I was very well taken care of by my mom, dad, brothers, sisters. I was very much loved, taken care of. So I'm infinitely grateful of how much I was in this bad situation. However... I didn't realize I was in a bad situation. I was just a kid, you know? But I also, but at the same time, I'm being traumatized because I'm seeing pain everywhere, yeah. right? Pain, like everywhere. Um, I don't, I didn't recognize what that was until now, but all the emotions, everything, all that now is tied to my empathy. And I didn't realize how much empathy I had um, and how much I care for people and like emotions and my own emotions and, and the urge to, want to help people, want to rescue people, all of those things that I had carry now and I'm trying to navigate in, 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 you know, in my emotional states were actually based in that time because of my urge to want to help people. Because when you see a lot of pain, 
you're six years old, what can you do? You know, um, except for, you know, I tried to make my brothers and sisters laugh and, and be a, a, you know, a jokester or just have fun. And so that experience, you know, was very unfortunate, but it was a, it was a interesting time too. Cause I learned a lot from my father. My father and I had a really intimate, like close relationship because I watched him paint for hours. And that's what eventually led us to come out of the, the refugee camp was my father's artwork. You know, it's very detailed in the book about how that all happened. Uh, but again, you know, the, the artist that just never quit and kept painting and, um, and, and like attracting people to, to himself and, and, and building relationships. And there's a lot I learned later in life having reflected back on what was happening at that time and I realized a lot of who I am was actually being developed right there so it is an incredible story and thank you bro. like yeah. I can totally see yeah. how the empathy builds especially mm -hmm. like how many siblings did you have in the refugee camps? so yeah so I have um four older brothers and an older sister and a younger sister so there's seven siblings like seven kids and a mom dad and we're all in like a tent, probably no bigger than 10 by 15, you know, at, at any given point. It was just, it was a lot of cramming. There's no, there's <laughs> no loading dynamics. time. Yeah. Yeah. All the experiences in the refugee camp were uh, just, just brutal. And the way they, the, the education and, and things are very, I would say almost ancient. For me, for any kid, no one liked school, like period. Because the potential of you getting slapped around by your teacher was high at any given point. So it was always this, it was fear driven. Yeah. Right. And, and we know this now, like fear, yes, it can work, but also it doesn't work. It's, it's, you're, you know, I'm not going to memorize, you know, you had to memorize things from the Quran. You have to all these, you know, and I love the Quran, but I, I can't get beaten up to not, you know, perform it well. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So the correlation, what happened is, you know, when I came to America and the school system is different, obviously the teachers can't touch you and, you're much more relaxed. Like you're excited to go to school. You uh, are engaged with your teacher. You want to be involved. You, um, you know, I just became hyper aware and I just saw so much opportunity. I just felt like, you know, I just wanted to learn and, 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 and I felt like I could grow. And yeah, like the things that I, that interest me, you know, are calligraphy, painting. And of course I grew up around it right with my father. Um, those were great, but I knew I had weaknesses like math, science, you know, all those things. But I knew if I had to work hard on those things, then other stuff will come easy. And so that kind of trickled all the way up to college. And when I got into college, you know, I, my thing was, man, I promised my dad I was going to be an architect, like no matter what, I was going to do something with my artistic abilities, but then weave everything else I needed to know to make a living with this art. Right. And so yeah. my dad, you know, he did urban planning for a while too, back in Iraq. And he knew that like oh. architects do well, civil engineers do well. Like, you know, you're not going to be a billionaire. Right. But you're going to do okay. Your, your life is going to be great. Yeah. Um, doctors, engineers, right? Like that's the philosophy because they, they can't base anything off of what they don't know. They base things off of what, what they've seen worked and rightfully so. Yeah. So of course, you know, immigrant refugee kids are going to have that pressure of wanting to succeed. And then of course, make them proud, right? Like they sacrificed a lot. They did a lot for me to get here. What do I need to do to get there? You know, I'm proud of you moment. Uh, uh, I love you for this, uh, you know, keep going. And there's a lot of ups and downs, of course, 
And so the trials and tribulations of like going through college and then not getting accepted into the architecture program, um, you know, a few times. And so this this constant like getting pushed back and then getting back up getting pushed back and then getting back up taught me a lot about focus, about discipline, about, you know, nothing was going to be handed to me easy. And I realized, you know, if that's the case, then I'm just not going to stop. You know what I mean? In my life, like I'm just not going to give in. And so I got into the architecture program. It all worked out and it was beautiful, man, because it was a beautiful mesh between science and art. Right. It's the, it was I loved every moment of going through. Dude, I worked my ass off in those studio classes. Architecture is different because it's it's like you literally get a key to a studio and you're there. They expect you to be there all day, all night. They like really? tell you, like, don't get a job. Don't whatever. Like, you're going to spend your half the next three years here. Wow. And it's very intense and, and, and everything from study of light to study of space to study every drawing, renderings, 3D, CAD, math, physics, bridge building. Like you have to have, be so dynamic in thinking yeah. that it's very intense and rightfully so. Um, and so as for like going through the architecture program in itself, what marketable skills did you actually get out of that degree? So by marketable, I mean skills that like to this day or in the past employers or clients have paid you money, <laughs> kept paying you money or paid you more because of that skill. And for example, this could be something specific like the actual architecture skill set, or it can be as like the temperament that you mentioned that you built. Um, yeah. through going through yeah. it. No, that's a great question, man. It's very powerful. So first of all, architecture strips you down. It wears you down the yeah. first year. So you start, we started off with like 60, 70 plus students. By the, by the time we graduated, there was like 18 people in my graduation class. Wow. They stripped them down. So they strip you down and build you back up. And what that means is, so you're doing everything. You, do, you know, I had to learn Photoshop, Illustrator, CAD. You had to learn programs one because you're you're trying to not only cr create and manifest an idea but you're also trying to articulate it and show it and prove that it can work and you have to show your entire thinking process so sketching every sketch mattered every model that you built mattered um, to the overall composition of what you're doing so it taught me that not one single thing mattered but the whole piece does like the, the, every element of what you're doing is working together to portray an idea. Yeah. I love that. Then you have to present. So my presentation, you have to present not to just like your class, dude, they brought in architects that worked at firms to sit there and grill you. Wow. Like it is intense, right? And you know, some of those were great and some of them are informative. Some of them were terrible, you know, as far as like how they respond to your work. So you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, if so, if you're shy, if you're, if you, if you're like a lightweight, like it's, it's, it's going to bother you yeah. and that's what they want. They want the emotion to be put aside and present your creative work. And so building confidence. So there's that aspect. Um, and then friendships. So you got friendships that are within the community of architecture. And then you got friends that are outside of that, right? The ones that you carried in from high school, the ones that you carried in, whatever. Some are going to stick and some have, and some just 
completely weathered away, right? It's the nature of it. But I would say, yeah, a lot of my friendships um, really cultivated around that time because you're building really strong bonds. Um, and so I think for me, the marketable aspect of things, dude, like I learned screen printing, but I needed to know Photoshop, Illustrator, all those things. And that taught me that, right? I needed to, uh, once I got into screen printing, like just to do t-shirts on the side or whatever, I was learning composition. I was learning ideas, how to embed two, three ideas at once and lock them in together and make something new and creative. I was able to now speak in front of people with confidence, with with um, assurance, right? Uh, because I knew how to articulate and put together my idea in a story format, right? Which is the most powerful thing. And so I was learning things that I, you know, at the time I was using like almost daily, um, but I, I didn't know how it was all gonna come together and that's okay. But I think at the end of it, the skills I learned there, the people I got to meet there, the uncomfortable, the constant uncomfortable positions I put myself in, um, whether it be business or t-shirts or architecture or conversations or, uh, just whatever it was, all of those things, that time I spent almost six and a half years in college, all that time, what I came out of it. So from 2010 all the way to now, you know, like, I've probably made over $2 million, like in, you know, yeah. in everything and in income. Right. Um, cause I own, I grew my yeah. apparel printing business, which was huge. Right. Cause I grew that and we got to start working with Nike and Jordan and Adidas and the yeah. blazers and you know, all it just expanded. But my ability to go in and present to those kinds of people and all these things came from architecture. Right. That confidence, it came from architect for me to tell a story, get people to, you know, like I charm them up, but yeah. with who I am to get people to believe in you, to believe in what you can do for them is a, is a, is an energy all on its own. And I think it takes a culmination of what you learn and put yourself through, um, good, bad, ugly, great, all of these things that feed into this to these opportunities, right? And I, so there's no one single thing. And, you know, and then eventually I changed trajectory, right? Like, so now, you know, I'm going into, I'm writing books, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm working on a gallery, I'm working on my next book, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm evolving as an artist. And I think that's what architecture in school did for me. I think it just helped me realize that I could be whatever I want, I could be whoever I want. Um, but in order to do that, successfully, you have to learn skills. You have to put yourself, you have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. And I love that. I love how uncomfortable, cause it was hard. And I, and I didn't realize how much I loved hard, difficult things until later in life. I was like, wow, building a business is fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. Why, you know, why would I do that? But, but that's what pulled me closer to who I am. You yeah. see what I'm saying? It was pulling more out of me, more of my purpose. And I think I like, I did, so I did architecture school for, for a year and then I, and then I didn't get in. Right. And then I went to like graphic design and we were taking like art classes and like, I was bored out of my mind, dude. I had been a drawing mass, a, a painting, everything. Bored. I was bored because I wasn't pushed. I wasn't challenged. I wasn't, I wasn't uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, when somebody's like, well, what about this lighting? What about the space? Where's the sun coming up? Where, you have to think about so many things to, to deliver an answer that is poetic. Yeah. And I just couldn't get there with, with graphic design. As for the marketable skill piece, um, could do you think you could have gotten that from another path outside of college for you? Um, I think yes and no. You know what I mean? Like everything else. Um, I think college traditionally, you know, sets you up on this course, right? You go through emotions, you become out an architect, an engineer, whatever. And that's great, man. I, like, it's not a bad thing, right? It's, it's what you do with it. Yeah. Right? Like, we all go through things, but what do you ultimately want? So I think the pressure of our parents, it's like at the end of it is you have a good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's their full so, point. Yeah. So you take care of your fucking self. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. You can I don't want to. You can, yeah. Like just take care of yourself. <laughs> so then you're marketable to a wife or, or you're marketable to a husband. Yeah. Like that's the most marketable thing you could do is have a good job and a place to live. And, and then as your parents get older, see, like this is the thing about Middle Eastern culture too, yeah. right? Is they don't have 401ks. No. We don't have these <laughs> ideologies, right? So like. Your kids are your 401k. They have to grow up and take care of you. So the pressure for them to be more successful than you is much higher because this is who you're relying on to help you later on in life, which actually makes sense. This is how it's been yep. for centuries, right? Yep. And I, I respect that. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not the greatest person. I'm not the greatest son or anything like that, but I'm just saying like, it's, yeah. I, I get it. I get the aspect. I get why the pressure is there. Um, and it can get unhealthy and it can get very toxic. Yeah. Um, but the other, the, when the, you know, pendulum swings both ways. So like the other side of that is actually it's an, it's pressure. It like, think about if you didn't have that pressure and you didn't go to college and you, you missed out on those opportunities and conversations and people you met at that barbershop or at that thing or inspired you to do something. See, for me, college was an experience. Dude, I hated classes. I hated, I, I got my... <laughs> It's, 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 it's a love hate relationship. Right. Yeah. And I had to spend money, dude. Like, you know, you go out, you come out of it in debt. Yep. However, you get one life yep. and whether it's a good decision or a bad decision to go to college, that's really up to you, but you don't know until you go as far as marketability, man, it's likability, hmm. right? Like with everything and everyone, if you're likable, you'll probably get the job. If you're likable, You'll probably get the following, you'll get the audience, you'll get whatever you want, but authentically likable. Yeah. That's the hard part. People can sniff it out. Yes. Especially now. Yeah. Right? So authentically likable. So what can lead to that likability? Well, you know, learning a, a few different types of skills, right? Like take doing different things that are uncomfortable, that will kind of expand who you are. Um, then you can have a breadth of work, a breadth of knowledge and experience. So whoever you talk to, you can develop a conversation. And I think that idea of being likable on top of experiences, on top of skills, um, man, you're this trifecta. <laughs> no kidding. Likeable. I've never thought about being likable as a skill set. I've worked alongside colleagues who were unskilled, but likable. I was working with people that I liked, so it made it enjoyable and I wanted to help them and I would stay after hours to make sure they understood anything and answer questions. 
I've dealt with skilled people who are not likable. And I was looking to get on a different team. Like I, I, I could draw my own boundaries, but I think about that experience and how much that ha must happen across organizations, across like groups. Yeah, likable is definitely a, a marketable skill yeah. set, right? As for the credibility piece of college, like the actual just, I went to Portland State University. I have a degree in architecture. Has that helped you in any way? If so, how? Honestly, I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. When people brag about what university they went to, it fucking annoys me. <laughs> Period. Like, I do not care because, because it's not the, you, the, you, it's, you know, what's the old saying? Like man made the money, money <laughs> never made the man. Yeah. Right. You could go to the dopest university. It doesn't mean that you are now God. It doesn't mean that you're now Elon. It, it, nope. Nothing. It just means you went to a really expensive university that I can't afford. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you had opportunity, you built yourself, you went to a great Ivy league school. Great. That's amazing. What are you doing with you now? Yeah. What are you doing with those skills? Are you helping people? Are you just making more money? Are you in stock? What are you doing? Yeah. And I think what for me, if you can leverage that, right. And build something awesome or do something great with your life or have a healthy, balanced life, have a good relationship with your spouse, your wife, your kids, uh, you know, the things that really fucking matter yeah. and people, you know, like if somebody were to tell me, yo, man, I took my kid to the baseball or the basketball game. <clears throat> we had such a blast. You know, my kid, oh. I'd rather listen to that. Oh. Some guy tell me about yeah. going to Caltech and like, and I'm like, oh, that's dope too. But people, people want something to like associate themselves with, associate yourself with yourself. Yeah. Right. The degree for me, as powerful as it was, it's nice to put on a resume. It's there, right? Like I went to school, I did something for four years, five, six years for me, right? Um, I got this certificate. That's really what it is. A piece of paper saying that you came to this class, these classes every day for six years. Yeah. That's all I say. It just proves that you showed up, right? There's a lot of people that graduate out of college, man, that are, like you said, skilled, unlikable likable, unskilled. Like at the end of the day, we want to work with people because we are not that far from our ancestral heritage, which is tribal. Yeah. And tribes, you had to be likable in your tribe yep. or else you're out. Yeah. And good luck <laughs> you if know? you're out. Let's be real. And that's what all these cultures are about. Work cultures, all these things are just redeveloping the tribe in which we abandoned. Yeah. Right. And we're just redeveloping it in a new way. But the whole thing is built around likability. If we don't like our leaders, we're not going to work there anymore, yeah. especially now, you know? And so we don't like our colleagues, bro. people will leave a job, a good job. If they don't like people working, they're working with. Yeah. I know I, it happens every day. Yeah. So likability trumps everything. What I'm hearing is that the, the likableness or like the, what marketable skills you develop through the pressure of what you're dealing with. That matters more down the line. You might, yeah. the credibility might land you the job. Yeah. It might not exactly keep so, the job. <laughs> I know someone that does have a Harvard MBA and he can't stand some of the people from his graduating class. Um, like he, he'll let it serve him like, cause he yeah. paid the money to it's get that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a tool. It's a tool, bro. 
Um, it's a tool on your belt. Yeah. That's all it is, man. But it's literally a degree from any university is a tool on your belt. Yeah. Now, what you do with those tools, right, is what matters. Yeah. In right. I'd rather be, like I said earlier, and I'd rather be associated with myself and the things that I've done yeah. as opposed to being associated with what university I went to. Exactly. Again, what I did with architecture, people like, do you still use architecture? I'm like, every single day. Yeah. I plan everything in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm a plan. I'm a, I'm, I do strategy. I think about things uniquely, differently, beautifully, poetically, artistically. I, I will tell you this. Yeah. If I didn't go to college, had I not gone to college, the the bright thing to do is um, I would have done two things. Okay. Sure. One, go to therapy. Seriously. Yeah. Like sign up for a therapy class. Yeah. Two, um, really get to know get to know different people. So like for example, I thought about just becoming an artist, like a fine artist. I should have called a fine artist, like a professional dope fine artist and go work with him for six months and literally sweep up there. And okay. Perfect example. More realistic. Yeah. This is exactly what I did for screen printing. Really? I was hand painting t-shirts. A guy told me about screen printing, looked it up. So I was like, oh, that's dope. He's like, I know a guy who does this in town. I went with him the next day, met the guy. I swept his floors, cleaned his shop every day for six months after school for free. Just that apprenticeship to learn the process. Just can I absorb apprenticeship. it? Yeah. Absorb it. I absorbed it. I awesome. learned everything I needed to do. And then I went and invested in myself. I took my financial aid money from school <laughs> and I went and purchased a little press and just started printing out of my room. And then I, I moved into the basement of that barbershop because of my relationship with the with the owner. His name is Patrick, amazing dude. Um, and, and he started giving me work because the guys that were sitting in his chair are, you know, some of them are business owners. Yeah. Some of them were actually at the university. They were professors, so they knew, connect, and again, connections, man. It's who you know, how you know, what, and then it's not just who you know, it's what can you bring to who you know. Yeah. It's right? a two-way street. What skills, what, yeah, because if you can help them out with their problem and do it in a dope way, they're going to come back. Yeah. And so it was all of those moments, man. And and, and so in a way I did an apprenticeship, right? And I did school. So both best of both worlds, man. But if you don't want to go to school and you want to just, you know, learn something or whatever, like you want to open up a coffee shop, go work at a coffee shop. Yeah. You want to open up a gym, go work at a gym, right? Like. Get that experience, learn it, but go there with the intention. Right now, bro, I'm at Scribe Media. Yeah. I, I sold my entire shop, sold my business, everything, right? I, I started working with Scribe Media while I'm building my personal brand, right? Yeah. And I'm learning things from Scribe intentionally, but I'm doing it because I'm learning about how to build community. I'm learning about how to build this, that. I'm learning for the next three, four, five, however much years I need to go on and build my personal brand. Yeah. So I'm doing exactly what you're talking about. Um, and so you can apply that at any time in your life. As for the costs of college, you already talked about it. How much do you think college was going to cost you? Like not how much did it cost you, but how much did you think? Yeah, I, I had no idea. I knew it was going to be a lot, but I knew I, could, I, I knew I could get financial aid. Yeah. I knew I could get, um, dude, my parents were on welfare when I was in college. We were on we were in, in, in a low income housing development. 
when I was in college. Um, so, you know, I got approved for some. So, okay, I walked out of school with $68,000 in debt. All right. And then, so there was another, like, probably like 20 or 30 that was just like federal hookups, yep. if you will, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, whatever. The grants and whatnot. So, 68 yeah. grand, let's say 100. Okay. All in. Okay. All in a hundred, man. Uh, I mean, if I would do it again, I would do it differently. I would have, I would for sure have gotten a scholarship in in high school. I didn't. I, I, I talk about this in the book. I felt like a dumbass when I was when I finished high school. I felt like an idiot. I was like, man, I could have spent the last two years. I could have gotten a full ride. Because one, I was a minority. Two, my parents were poor. Yeah. Three. I mean, three. I was like academically okay. I could have leaned into my artistic abilities and gotten to an art school at least. You know what I'm saying? I could have gotten at least two years, maybe three years paid for. And I, and I knew that after, during and after college. Yeah. And it, it, dude, I was heartbroken and, and pe people don't realize how much money is out there in scholarships. That just people doesn't get paid out because people don't apply. People don't realize that if you want to go to college for free, you 100% can. Yeah. 100% can. I don't care where anybody, if you just apply yourself. Yeah. Right. Apply the essays, apply for those applications, apply whatever, but doing it in high school, man. So that was the one thing I was mad at. I've, I've always been mad at myself about that, but it was a lesson learned, right? Um, the earlier, the better. Because I could have gone, and my, my wife, man, my wife did it. My wife paid for most. About eighty percent of her, eighty-five percent of her university, she went to U of A, theater department, all that scholarships, man. Wow, she's a genius. So, I mean, it, it doesn't take a genius. She applied herself, right? It's just like don't get lazy. Apply yourself. You can get school paid for. It, it's funny how much of it so, is just literally send in the form, and just send in the form and fucking bro. <laughs> no one else. It's like sometimes <laughs> I wrote, dude. I wrote stories that made my teachers cry. I could have just put that story in the form and sent it in and got paid. Just copy and paste. <laughs> 10 minutes of your man, 10 minutes of your so life. I'm so mad at myself yeah. for that. But, you know, it's all right. You know, at the end of the day, man, I'll be real with you. I still owe about 25. You know, I'm kicking out my 200 $300 payments. Like, whatever, man. Cutting it down. And honestly, man, there was a few times where I could have paid it off and I just didn't. <laughs> I invested the money in other places. The, the interest rate's <laughs> that's low, man. The case. But if you were to rate it on a scale of one to 10, one being absolutely not, probably not the case for you, 10 being hell yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I did it. What would it be? And you can't pick seven. <laughs> 10 for sure. Ten. Bro. Ten. Awesome. No lie. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to front on that. 10 at the end of the day, what is, what has it gotten me? <sighs> Amazing relationships. Um, an endless amount of, of, of knowledge and understanding. Uh, I could talk to so many different types of people. I made my mom and dad happy and proud and, and grateful. My brothers, my siblings, I'm inspiring to my nephews and nieces. Yeah. You know, I take that fully, man. I love that. I love being inspiring to other people. And if the cost of all of those things put together is around a hundred grand. Well, what has it gotten me? Beautiful relationship. I built a, a million dollar business from it. I built uh, myself, my abilities. Really, at the end of the day, that's what matters. I understand health better. I understand humanity better. I understand 
my my economics and socioeconomic I, I understand race better i understand my biases i understand so many different things so was it worth it for me it was for me totally was um could i have done things differently in many different ways of course you know but at the end of the day man i love i i i love going through that campus every day it was fun awesome that's all I have. I really, really appreciate the work that you're doing in the world, man. Uh, Thank you. Man. What do you got going on right now? And how do the viewers find you? Yeah, man. Um, let's see. So, you know, like you said, I work with Scribe and the, 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 my people for sure. And, and we're hoping to um, grow a new podcast show with Scribe. Um, but, you know, that's that's still in the works. Um and, and just uh, more community d development with with a network. Outside of Scribe, I do my own personal branding, which is brand, um, which author speaking and and and, um, and artistry. And, and what I mean by artistry is just like creating things that bring people together to celebrate their heritage, their refugee stories, their immigrant stories. Um, right now it's in the form of refugees, the run for refugee, uh, we're coming up on our third one next year. Um, it's a thing where people can sign up and they do a run walk or whatever in their park environment, you know, in their community, in their city or whatever. So it's really fun. Um, so we toned down refugees to that one event, uh, which is great because, you know, I didn't want to make more products and put stuff out in the world. So I just figured like I was helping to solve one problem but kind of messing with another problem and so i wanted to tone it down make one event a year that we just celebrate um on top of that i'm working on my next book and i'm working on um actually i just started a canvas like a few canvases um i think i'm going to be doing a like a, an exhibit again to to help with the like an art exhibit painting awesome. uh to help with the awareness uh, aspect of refugee stuff but it's going to be called the garden of wisdom so it's like this idea of Whoa. all these uh, all, all these things and people and, and the sayings that we know and love uh but developed in a beautiful way where people can go catch those kinds of things in a garden and then help give back to refugees in that local environment and yeah man just keep doing keep doing what i love and and um lean into leading to the gifts that i feel like my, my father embedded and my mother beautiful beautiful i'll, I'll provide the links uh, down below, I uh, love the yeah. the name Garden Wisdom. That's so visual. Uh, that's, that's yeah, awesome. man. Thank you, thank you. I've been working on that for a while. So the next book is going to be called The Garden Warrior. The third book is The Garden of Wisdom, and then um, I hope to turn that into like a physical space one day. Well, you're leaving a legacy behind. Uh, I'm excited oh, to man. see what you thank do. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, and thank you so much. Excited to follow you, man. Same. Yeah, man. Yeah. So LinkedIn, yep. uh, I'm not really on Instagram, so but YouTube for sure. Just Hussein Albiati, all that good stuff. Um, I will say, man, I'm, I'm extremely proud of you for taking this step forward with creating your own channel. I think it's very powerful to help young minds just like exactly what you're doing. Decide for yourself, of course, but here are some experiences from people. I love what you're doing so much. I literally can't wait for this show to keep growing. So subscribe out there, all you people to this amazing channel. Um, I know you're going to give a ton of value to people, man. Uh, it's important what you're doing. So I just appreciate that. I can't wait for your book. Um, and I'm excited for 
everything you're doing, man. I, I'm I'm super proud of you for just putting this together. So, and thank you for having me on, on your show. Well, thank you for the kind words and pushing me in the direct in this direction because uh, yeah. I had it in my head for a while. And when we talked, you were well, got me to pull the trigger. Welcome so. to the friends group. This is what we do. We push <laughs> each other, man. <laughs> really appreciate it. Yeah, brother. So, thank you yeah. so much for your time. Uh, was really looking forward yeah. to this, and I'm glad we got the chance to talk finally. And uh, hope you and everyone Definitely. watching have a fantastic day.